Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Uh, whoa, I'm really loud here. Hang on. I'm messing everything up. You'd think I'd figure this out one of these days. One of these uh, days. I'm, I'm, I'm the gnarly gnome. This is Cincy Brewcast. It's the voice of Cincy Craft, and um, this is the second bottle shop episode this month. We just finished up with Higher Gravity last week talking about beer vent season. Um, this might be more fun of a conversation for me, and I I don't want to spoil anything yet. We'll get into it, but I'm at BC's Bottle Lodge. Uh, Liberty. First time I've ever recorded a podcast episode from BC's Liberty, um, so that's kind of fun. Um, but, uh, well, first, welcome to the show, guys. Thank you for having us. Of course. So yeah, no. Thank you for, for making some time for me. Um, I, I, we're just going to, we'll, we should drink a beer before we jump right into mm-hmm. it, because that is the point of a show that uh, you, <laughs> talks about craft beer. It's actually about drinking craft beer. Uh, if I can get this to work. Oh, my goodness. I'm all over the place today. It's, it's the drinking segment. Mm-hmm. Um, Bam, right off I'm the bat. drinking a side pool lager from, what is this place called again? Fair State. Fair in, State. Uh, Minnesota. And it is a side pool lager from the Slowport Tap, like it's supposed to be. Uh, Fair State, it's actually a collab with the Beer Stout Lager House out of Colorado. That makes a lot of uh-huh. sense. Um, Hence the name Sidepool. But so you guys were, you, I'm not going to say you were the first ones locally to put a beer on a slow pour faucet, but you definitely embraced it. Maybe I retailer. Better. Maybe definitely, first retailer. Definitely retailer. Sidepool. Yeah, I think so. 50 West was the first. 50 right? West was definitely I the first to put one on. So, but yeah. even, but theirs was over in the, uh, the brew pub, which. Um, it's currently not open. Uh, Will it ever open now. again? Uh, I've heard some rumors that I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about yet. So they don't they don't even have a slow. They don't have one right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think Sonder did one very briefly, but it was like a, I think they had it on like a kegerator or something like temporarily, and then they got rid of it. I, I don't know. Bring uh, it back, Sonder. Yeah, exactly. Bring it they're, back, Fifty West. They're uh, at, that's actually surprising that Sonder doesn't have at least a couple side poles. You would think so, but they sometimes don't have a lot of loggers on tap anymore. I don't know. I've had rally cap on our slope. Many, <laughs> they, many, they do this time times. of year. They definitely have rally cap on, um, and it would be really good on a slope or, um, and then Northern row now has a slope or faucet too. But did you go to that logger event? I was out of town. I missed I it. it uh, that was the one I wanted to go to. Here's the problem. I don't know I how I missed it. Here's the problem I have with some of these places, though. Is did you that know about it? No. <laughs> I didn't even know about it. That's why I'm surprised I missed it. Northern Road did a logger fest. You should, sure. I don't know. It was like a month ago. It was like beginning of June. If you subscribe to Cincy Brewcast, which you can do from any podcast app, you would have known that smash it was coming that because subscribe I, button. smash <laughs> that like and subscribe button. My problem with a lot of places and not naming any names and definitely nobody locally, uh, of course not, um, is that Never. a lot of people don't do it right and you don't get a good slow pour you guys do it the right way here and it's absolutely delicious we've watched a lot of youtube videos well, is that, as I mean, to how to do it the right way and actually the company we bought them from they do a lot of uh instructional instagram posts almost and there's four four or five ways to pour different um loggers on we, the we don't pool. offer i mean we we will do them if someone asks but we're right. not yeah. like Hey, how would you like us to pour this? Like, if you order it, right? You're getting it the way. Yeah, you're getting it the way. It should be. Uh, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But like, uh, the, there, mil- the milk a, pour is interesting. I've tried that. I'm not a big fan of that. It's interesting. <laughs> 
I'm also, I, I feel like I burp it. a lot more on the milk for. <laughs> yeah, it just builds up gas. Yeah. It, that's that's part of what I like about uh, a slow pour too. We're, we're already way off topic. Yeah, uh, is that well, no, we're, we're talking about what we're drinking? Uh, is that I don't burp as much from a slow pour as I do um, a typical pour of anything, and I enjoy that a lot. There's some beers that I just don't really like drinking because I just burp so much, and I you know if I drink one before bed, then I'm sitting up because I got heartburn and all kinds of Oof. crap. Like it's just, it's, it's brutal. These things I can drink all day and yep. I like that. I agree. Um, so that's what I'm drinking and it's uh, it's fantastic and it's delicious and it makes me very happy on a nice warm summer day. Um, what are you guys drinking? I have a, uh, Aslan old town lager, old town lager, old town lager. It reminds yep. me of Nas X for some reason. <laughs> I just is that like, that Billy Ray Cyrus song. Yeah. Old Nas X. Yes. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. Old, old Nas X. Old Nas X. <laughs> He'll be old Nas X eventually. <laughs> no, that's, uh, that's Billy Ray Cyrus's rap name. Old Ray Cyrus. <laughs> is that accurate? No. no, old Nas X, old Nas X, old Nas X. You heard it here first. Do you think behind the scenes he has some kind of a rap name? He's got to now. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, Tim McGraw being on a Nelly song for Why no reason. You? They're both from St. Louis, aren't they? Maybe I don't know. I, this is a trivia that I am not even close yeah. to knowing. I, I don't too. think it's accurate. So mine's just an American lager. That's uh, I, I was up here last week drinking it, and it, it's fantastic. It's a it's crusher, like easy mm-hmm. crusher. Got a little bit of a like a sweet corn finish to it. I had a um, uh, down at Alexandria the other day. He makes what he calls his regular domestic beer, which is a light American lager like that that has that real kind of corny kind of sweet thing at the end. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it's it's silly that like we spent so long like trying to rebel against uh, light American lager, and sometimes it still just tastes really good. We're back, right? <laughs> We're back. We've come full circle. Uh, what what are you drinking? I'm drinking. Uh, well. And new glare spotted cow. Wow! I got lucky. (laughs) Somebody brought some spotted cow back, so I'm drinking that. I uh, I have two more of a six pack of spotted cow sitting in my fridge at home that um, I now keep looking at. Like, oh, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait for something special. I'm gonna wait for a special day where I just need this um, because I drank the other four very quickly and uh, probably the same night. If you'd like one, I think we have more in there. That's okay. okay. That's okay. We've also got some uh, raspberry toast in the machine and uh, from Parish. Mm. Well, I figured we'd break some of those out here. Yeah, we'll drink those. I yeah. won't stop you. But one thing, so uh, this is uh, this is a BC show, and I've had a complaint about BCs for the last few months that uh, I have not uh-huh. expressed to you guys, and that is the package selection is starting to dwindle. It's like you guys aren't keeping up on your, your, your packaging the way you used to. Uh, I've heard lots of rumors on why that may be, but uh, I was going to kind of leave it up to you guys to explain why maybe that is. So why it's why it's lacking. Yes. Why it's lacking. I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's twofold, right? <laughs> um, in, in our industry, we don't make a ton of margin on that side of our, our beer shop. It's sure. a little tough. Yeah. Uh, our margin is, is draft beer. And so with the pandemic people were, were really doing one-stop shopping. They didn't want to stop at a specialty store. Uh, they're already at Kroger or a gas station, and so they just ended up buying their beer there. So that initially trailed our, our retail way down. Uh, through that, we've kind of decided to make a, a major pivot with, with our brand and identity. Uh, and so once our license switches over to a production license, the retail needs to go away anyways. 
wants we... the license switches over to a production, production. license. Yeah. Wanna, does does yeah. everybody that's listening understand what that means? <laughs> I hope so. But uh, but what that essentially means is that we're actually going to start making our own our own juice, our own liquid. Uh, you guys, as a pair, are going to uh, fire up a little, uh, Hell little no. one barrel brew house in the back. And, I, and I would tell you to run <laughs> if I'm out there making beer. I wouldn't run. drink anything we put on tap. A, I don't, I don't have the patience of six weeks to drink bad beer when I can get a six pack for right now. That's just as good. Uh, yeah. But no, we, we've we've actually partnered up with a with an awesome individual uh, who's one of our original Mug Club members here. Uh, and he's been brewing at uh, Mad Tree for the last, uh, I don't know, six years. Uh, Ryan Johnston is his name. Quite a while. And, uh, and he's coming on board and going to head up uh, the actual brewery part that's, of this. That's fantastic. Yep. And, uh, I mean, location. Um, you guys have two current locations. Are both of those staying open? We're not sure. I mean, we're evaluating everything right now. Um, so, I mean, this, this pivot is, is a pretty massive undertaking uh, we, we purchased a building in Mason, uh, which is where the brewery and main tap room will go. And, um, we're going to just kind of see how this transition plays out. Uh, you know, if it's, if it's, if it doesn't make sense financially, I, it doesn't make sense to, to just drag right. the rest of the company down. It's a, it's a tough thing to kind of figure out how to, because, you guys have spent so long trying to build um, uh, these these two spaces up into um, a place where people can go and sit and gather and talk about beer and be beer people where um, that's it gets lost at a lot of other places. Um, I, I imagine that some of the uh, uh, the, the the loyal uh, uh, drinkers that have mm-hmm. called this place home or called Montgomery home for a long time. I imagine that's kind of, um, it's going to be a unique shift. Um, shocking for them. Yeah. It was, and, 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 and I mean, scary is probably a little too, uh, too harsh of a, a way to put it, but like right. when you've got your spot, you it's don't, gonna be just don't right? want it to go away. You yeah. don't want it to go away or you don't want it to change too yeah. much. The nice thing about, uh, how we've positioned ourselves, one, through relationships with breweries and distributors, uh, and uh, two, with our customer base, is we can still do what we want on draft. Uh, we can still provide the most unique tap list uh, in the Cincinnati area. Um, but unfortunately, we can't keep the retail. Right. And uh, so it'll just be us maintaining the, the core beers and some of the more unique stuff that we can produce at our place, but also uh, create another side of the tap list that is uh, more of a, coll- a collaboration with uh, distributors or breweries to, again, create a unique tap list. That might be scary. <laughs> that might well, be a I mean, scary. Way, because, I mean, when, when uh, not to draw the comparison to 8-Ball to when that was open, but that was one thing that so many people did fall in love with with the 8-Ball model was that, yeah, there was 8-Ball beer, but then there's this other half of the tap list that was this other stuff that you you maybe don't often see at your you know your local BP that has, you know, 10 taps or whatever. Right. Maybe, like, you, you don't see those beers coming on, and it became that space that they could still go and find interesting things, but still have this, uh, uh, this, this core set of beers that, uh, they, you know, 
we're, we're making on site. Uh, again, not to, not to try to compare you guys to somebody. No, like, I mean, I I'd actually, <laughs> I, had, I had kind of forgotten eight ball and, and they, they kind did of used to do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is a really cool environment, right? Cause you, you do kind of get the best of both worlds. You get the, the brewery experience where, you know, you're drinking the in-house production. Uh, but then you also get some, some dope other beers that are coming into the, the marketplace that, you know, I mean, that tap list was always rocking. Well, I yeah, always you, enjoyed going You don't there. have to worry about filling every gap with your beer then exactly. either. So you can, if you're like, oh, man, I, we don't want to make whatever the, the, the random style is, but people are kind of asking for it. We'll go ahead and bring one in. We'll, we'll make sure that they have what they want. And mm-hmm. I do think that's fun. What kind of uh, breakdown are we talking as far as the tap list of um, your beers versus uh, uh, other ones? It, it, is that I mean, it's probably going to fluctuate. My, my guess is it's probably going to be about half and a half i mean up here in liberty we have we have 24 taps so it'll probably be 12 and 12 uh montgomery might be a little bit different because we have 36 taps down there so it might be 12 and 24 or 15 and 24 or 15 and 21 and it's all going to depend on how uh well the brewery's doing there may not we may not be able to keep up with production uh, well enough to send a bunch of beer out um so i think the hope is to get to 50 50 but who knows yeah, <laughs> that opens up a whole other uh, problem that you don't even think about. Is right. that you know, then you have these the locations where you have people like, oh yeah, I come in here because you guys make your own beer, but you don't have any of your own beer. Yep. <laughs> yep. It, that could be that could it's potentially a of, be a, a uh, lot of things to could be a real yeah. problem. How big of a, a brew house are we talking? Uh, so we're going to start with a fifteen barrel. Is is the brew the the size of the brew system? Um, and I, I, actually, I mean, I just want to give shouts out to to Mad Tree because they have been mm-hmm. they've been super awesome throughout this entire Kenny and Brady uh, have been process. Big help. Uh, you know, we we sat down with them originally and asked for the blessing to take their right. their brewery uh, or the brewer, um, and they reluctantly said yes. <laughs> it was actually a really fun time we had with them down there. <laughs> uh, so so they've been totally cool there, uh, but then also we're we're purchasing the uh, original Mantry 1.0 system from them. So oh, that's uh, fun. not only is it something that's been in Cincinnati and, and used for a local brewery here in Cincinnati, but also something that our brewer is familiar with. Right. Uh, so that learning curve is kind of, kind of decreased because he's, he's brewed on it before. Right. Uh, and there's some kind of history there and that, that, that kind of plays into the whole thing too. And um, I like right. that. I like that. Yeah. It's just kind of cool, right? Like it's, it uh, cool. it's, you're keeping it in the family almost uh, if you look at it as a brewing family. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's fun that you can walk into tap rooms around town and you can still see uh, lots of pieces of 1.0 around. You can still see pieces of blank slate, you know, laying around in, in different breweries and still working yeah. and still being part of what all this is. And um, I'm sure there are other pieces of other breweries around that aren't as uh, maybe impactful or... Um, have that uh that that spot in people's you know uh their their beer soul right <laughs> um so i mean have you started talking to some of your customers about this this change yeah i mean so we've been we've been really kind of digesting this and planning this for probably the last i would say 12 to 16 months um and as you do that slowly word trickles out from somewhere that, you know, this is a possibility. So, uh, more recently as people have been asking questions, yeah, we've, we've kind of been telling them, yes, this is, this is our future. This is the direction we're heading. What's the feedback been from 
customers? I mean, I think everyone's really excited for us. Um, I mean, they, they get that the last two years have not exactly been the ideal, most fun two years we've ever had. Uh, you know, we've, we've really kind of just focused on treading water and, and keeping our head afloat through this whole thing. And uh, so I think they understand why we're making that, that change. I mean, right. if you look at when, when Liberty opened in 2016, there was, there was nothing up here. I mean, we had Dogberry. Yeah. That was yeah. it. There, there wasn't anything. So, I mean, when we, when we originally opened, breweries were not necessarily competition for us. Um, gas stations weren't competition for us. Uh, Kroger wasn't competition for us. And over the last seven, eight years, that has completely changed. And so the ability to, I guess, just pivot what we're doing and, and still maintain that, you know, we want to be a part of the craft scene. We've always wanted to be a part of the craft scene uh, and, and be able to represent that well with our brand. I think it's really cool. And I think people get that. What are the, some of the things that, or are there things that you think that, you know, having this, this bottle shop side of your personality for so long, uh, what are some of the things that you think you'll be able to do? Maybe I want to say better than a typical kind of brewery startup. I mean, you guys have been, uh, you know, immersed in, in beer and craft beer culture and, and drinkers from the area for a long time now. Uh, what what are some of the things that you think kind of carry over and, and kind of maybe build a foundation that is going to make it? I don't want to say easier because it's never going to be easy. Yeah, it's never going to be kicking easy. something like this off. But um, I think just our experience through um, we've touched so many breweries over the last six six years, almost seven years. Um, we we've we've tried good beer, tried bad beer. Uh, we know what works, uh, or at least we feel like we understand what works. Um, just through travel and all that other stuff, you, you've seen uh, what you want to do with a brewery or what you want to do with the retail shop. You, you've seen what you don't want to do. Um, so I think just our experience through these last seven years um, has really shown us what we want to do uh, for the craft beer community um, and how we can uniquely put our stamp on the craft beer community. What is that stamp? I don't even know. Like, I, I think we we obviously want to create good liquid and we feel like the pedigree uh, coming over to us uh, will lend itself to that. Um, I think some of it is getting back to some of those traditional styles that aren't well enough represented in this market. Um, I think we've gone away from uh, what a beer used to taste like, and a lot of it is just adjuncted, which is fine. I mean, it's got its place. Right. Um, but I don't think we want to build... It's not always fine. Some of it's really, really... Kind some of, of it's weird. I get that. Yeah, and I, you know, it has its place in the market, but I think we've gotten away from it's what candy beer bar, right? used to taste like. <laughs> Um, and I think that's what we want to do is we want to focus on the traditional styles um, with a, you know, a dabble in the untraditional. Right. Uh, so, I mean, 
talking about kind of the, the feeling of, because you guys are um, starting from scratch in this new location mm-hmm. with the brewery. I mean, you, you kind of are able to envision it as a brewery and a tap room and all of this stuff. Whereas uh, the, the two current locations are going to have to obviously get some kind of a makeover, but not really not that much. They're still what they are. Yeah. Um, but this new space is going to have its own personality as a, a brewery. What are some of the things that you guys are looking to incorporate into that to kind of give it that uh, um, that experience that you're looking for? I mean, we want to have a dope outdoor space. Like, I think outdoors is just, it, it goes hand in hand with craft. So having the, the outdoor space available, which is not something. I think with traditional styles, too. I Like, I don't, when I think about, like, when I picture, like, oh, I'm going to drink a, a, you know, gummy worm Milky Way stout. Uh, I don't picture myself doing that outside. At no, all. <laughs> like, I need air conditioning for that, right? Like, I, air conditioning I don't want to be hot in a few buddies. A place to hide my face from the rest I, of the world. I want four ounces. But um, you talk about uh, a beer like this. I just desperately want to sit outside in some kind of a shade, shaded area at a big table with a bunch of friends and just knock a bunch of them back. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I think I think that's part of it. I, I think I, I, one of our struggles is going to be that that for better or worse, we've got really good palates at this point. We've been doing this long enough, mm-hmm. and so. Um, we're not going to let dump a bunch of beer down the right. I mean that. I mean we're not going to yeah. let bad beer out there because yeah. we know what what bad beer tastes like and we know what good beer tastes like. And yeah. so uh, that may be. I, I don't know if that's going to be a, a hurdle for us or maybe we're just going to make good beer from day one. But like we're not going to let bad beer out there. Are you afraid that once it's uh, your beer versus somebody else's beer, maybe um, you'll you'll the have some, you'll have some kind of bias to it. I, I hope know? not. I really do hope not because I've, I've never treated um, any of my, my partnerships and relationships with other brewers in the city that way. I've always tried to be honest with them um, because I think that goes further than just fluffing them into feeling good. But I've, I've met some people uh, that you know, make, make, make fine beer, but um, maybe are a little, little blind to some of the things that are wrong with it. I, I, I get it, that, yeah. People that I do trust their palate yep. with other things, and then I... I, I drinking get, something that they made to make. That's what? tough. Like you're. I mean, that's creating, your job, right? Like you're representing your brand, right? Yeah. Um, you're so creating an art form too. I mean, that's that's blood, sweat, and tears going into a batch of beer, and for them to just be like shitting all over it. Yeah. Like, come on. But I also do think it's there's tough. something different between public shame and a private conversation. Of course, of course. Oh, right? yeah, sure. So, yeah. so I think if you have the right conversation with individuals, most individuals in this industry, and give them honest feedback. Yeah. They take that to heart. They don't. They don't. They don't want bullshit, right? Like they, right. they want to know um, where their li- or most of them want to know where their liquid stands up, and and you know maybe where they could tweak things or fix things. I wonder sometimes. <laughs> maybe I mean like maybe they don't, right? I, I do I, and I've always I've always said I mean like I, I think I think there is a lot of of place to play with pedestrian beer. Um, because I do also think you have so many new craft beer drinkers coming into uh, just just trying craft beer that no matter what you give them, it was better than what they were drinking. Well, and there's we've we've lost something over the last I don't know you know ten or fifteen years when craft beer has become so big we've 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 lost a piece of drinking culture and I, or maybe we never really had it a hundred percent in this country to start with but um, we 
we have a lot of ground to make up with, with you know, some of the, uh, the culture of drinking in, you know, Europe or, or other countries where it becomes so central to your everyday life and to the, uh, the, the act of drinking, you know, the experience of drinking, what you, how you do that and where you do it and how you do it, you know, with other people. And, um, you know, you see, you remember that commercial with Budweiser kind of making fun of craft beer and the mm-hmm. hoity toity kind of, you know, sniffing your peach pumpkin, whatever. Wasn't it peach pumpkin? You know, and kind of making fun of the people digging their nose into a snifter and yeah, but that's, uh, it's, it's isn't that part of community? Like that's, that's sort of. part it's, of the it's, craft it's, community. It's part, right? of, like, it's part of something, and I'm not taking yeah. anything away from that side of drinking, but that's also what made wine what wine has become to where people are afraid to be wine drinkers. They're afraid to try it. They're afraid to get into that because there's this uh, this this gate that you have to get past to be allowed to be a wine drinker. And sometimes that can exist with craft beer, where if you walk into a beer bar and everybody's got their noses buried in a snifter, you're like, oh, shit, man, I, I'm afraid to tell them that I drink Bud Light and I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. But do you, even, do you even see that anymore? I do. Because I, I generally don't. I do. And I've, like, I've, I've talked to people that uh, when you talk about craft beer, that's their, th- well, I, I don't, I, that's the, that hipster stuff. I don't, I don't, mm, I don't You should send them that. to BCs. <laughs> because here, here's the deal. I, I, we see people all the time from completely all along the spectrum of, hey, we're brand new to, hey, we've been drinking. Um, and I like to think that the tap list we offer always has options for anybody on that spectrum. Whether you come in and tell me, hey, man, I, I, I usually drink Blue Moon right. or, um, you know, I want your, your barrel-aged pastry stout. Like, there are always options for you to drink. And really, it's about having that conversation and building the relationship with the individual. But I, my, my point, I guess, is that it's so important to have places that are now starting to incorporate that into, um, into uh, producers and into that side of craft beer. I too, would to, hope to, so, because uh, there's so much out there now, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's, a, um, it's uh, overwhelming uh, if you're just getting into it. Um, and that's why I think, that's why I think our model works or will work well is we've kind of created this competition for ourselves to where the the tap list that we're offering here will have ours and somebody else's. And if ours doesn't stand up, we're going to know immediately based on uh, who's liking what. And it's up oh, to yeah, us have all kinds of to drive. To... <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, the stats are going to be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's up to us to, to make our beer better than what we're offering from somebody else. Um, so I think eternally we'll have a competition with breweries just because of that model. Sure. Um, well, that's what we're used to, right? Like, yeah. I mean, we're so, we're so ingrained in the, this is better than this and this is better than that. And, uh, ooh, this is a new style. Who's gonna Who's gonna do this well? Then, right. I mean, we, we might even have to tone it down internally because of just what we're used to, and and I don't. I hope that works, right? Like, I, I hope I hope our we're not fighting every day. Like, man, this this needs to be done here. And <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> uh, how do you think that? This will all be embraced by the uh, the craft beer community here in Cincinnati. Not, I'm not talking drinkers. I think drinkers are probably easier to uh, um, to get on board you're, with an you're idea. Your regulars, right? Like your your neighborhood people. I, I think that's yeah. easy. I'm, yeah. I'm talking about the other breweries and the people who 
um, maybe sometimes aren't as friendly with other people starting up and, um, I mean, so, so I do think, I do think we've spent the last seven years building great relationships with the other breweries in the city. Um, and so I, I do think that that benefits us where, you know, if we have questions or, or, or need something, we can kind of lean on those relationships. I'm sure we're going to do a ton of collaborations, uh, when we first start, Mm -hmm. um, as, as far as the, the, the craft people, right? Like, and, and I used to be, man, deep in that, but I, I kind of have backed away from it. Uh, you know, as far as like trading beer and seeking out these different breweries all over the, the country that have these, these high ratings. Um, I mean, I, I hope that we're on the radar. I, I hope that we're making liquid that that's, that's fits into what they want, but we can also make it that, that gives the, the newbie an opportunity to enjoy it. Um, you know, Ryan, Ryan has said to me, uh, I want to make a beer that they take to Vermont with them to share right. with the Vermont breweries. So if you can make that beer and, and it's locally, I mean, I don't, I don't, there's always going to be naysayers. Right? I'm like, just I'm, like, I'm so like, I can't figure out in my, my mind. And, and I guess once the news really starts getting out there and people start talking about it, sitting around at the bar, it's when starting to get a better picture of it. But in my mind, I, I, I can think of people that I've talked to within this industry, uh, even maybe even locally that are just kind of a uh, little, little grumpy about everything these days. And uh, I can see people kind of looking at this and be like, man, what, you know, they were fine when they were in, you know, this part of the industry. What makes them think that they can come into this thing that we do and, 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 and now be part of this. Does that make it? It does. And so, so if I'm, if I'm being, cause I mean, you guys, have, so you obviously have talked to Madry about this. Madry is the complete perfect example of the other end of that spectrum where I've never heard of them not being friendly about a place starting up. But yeah, uh, I think that's where, I think that's where the brewing industry used to be a hundred percent before we got to the whatever 65, 70 (laughs) odd plus beers we've got in here. Now it's a little more competitive, uh, just between brewers. Um, I do think that the brewing industry is, uh, much more open to collaboration than the retail industry is. Oh yeah. And unfortunately, you know, we've seen that uh, throughout our time being open. Um, and I think that's part of why we're excited about this new opportunity is because um, based on the relationship, relationships we've created with uh, brewers and whatever, um, we feel like we've got a better opportunity to be part of that, that nucleus. Yeah. I also think that if, if we're being honest, it doesn't matter. Right. Like they, they've got their there area. There are always people that are going to say, that's not good enough. You did a terrible job. You shouldn't do that. Don't, don't do that. I mean, those, those people are going to exist sure. everywhere. And, and so, um, we feel confident enough in, in our relationships in this industry and confident enough in, in, in the brewer coming on that I don't know that that ultimately matters. I'm not going to worry about what other people mm-hmm. have to say. I like that answer. <laughs> That's right? so I mean, early. I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't live my life worried about what other people are going to say. Um, 
And I don't know that anyone should. Like, you need to go go do your thing and, and rock it out best you can. And there's always going to be, I mean, like the world of social media is a <laughs> nightmare of mostly negativity, but there's, there's some good things out there as well. Well, it seems like people thrive on the negative. It feels like uh, we've gotten to this world where um, people people want the negative um, so much more than they want the positive and so that it tends, just to, it tends things, to grow right? yeah. bigger. Yeah, I think some of that is um, I think some of that is just how they feel about where they're at in their position and they want to feel superior. Um, they want to feel better about their situation so they have to find something wrong with somebody else's. My hope is, is that we, that. if we get into that type of and I don't know that we will, but my, my hope is that those people would just come to us and say, hey, we think this could be better doing X, Y, Z, um, as opposed to just putting you on blast. Like, this this beer was trash. I, I hated everything yeah. about it, right? Like, it's just, it's, I, a, weird, it's, a, it's a weird thing. And I, 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 think, I think we have enough bridges out there uh, that the ones that matter will tell us what we want or what we need to know. Yeah, and the, the what you need to know versus what is just somebody being a, a, a negative Nancy. A hater, right? A <laughs> yeah, hater. A hater is probably a better way to put it. Hater. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think that those are two very different uh, sides to it. But I, I, I'm, I'm thinking less about, uh, you know, quality issue because I think I think you guys and the people that, that you trust will be able to identify those if they exist better than, than anybody else. But... Um, you know, I, I can think of plenty of times where, uh, you know, you sit down at a bar and you, you have a beer with somebody that, uh, maybe you're not super friends with because they are a little bit of that negative side. They're like, oh man, have you been here? You right. tried, you tried, their, tried their shit. You know, I mean, is, is, there, just, is there any more first like if, world problem than that? If you're, where you're, if, like, you're saying it, if you're saying it to me, like who else are you sitting there? And like somebody has not been there and you're sitting here behind a bar, or, you know, in a, in a tap room or wherever it may be. And you're saying, Oh, you know, don't go there. That place sucks. You know, like, uh, and just building this, this, this negative thing. And, yeah. um, but I, but you know, the more, I don't know that that really but, does anyone any good. It doesn't. If but, you're that individual, right? It, like what, what are you actually accomplishing by doing that? Other your, than making just making, your, feel making yourself that's, I think that's, heard, known. Yeah, and, I think that's that's what it is. I, who knows, man? I, I don't know. I just make a podcast. <laughs> well, no, I know. I mean, I mean we, like, the reality is, is we get those questions all the time. Like, the, my, my I, I hate the question when people come in because we, we've been doing this just long. What What's your favorite brewery in the city? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah. What's your top five? I mean, I'll give you my top five right now, but that could change tomorrow. Yeah. And it's changed a hundred times. Yeah. Um. And so we, we always want to just, we, we, I think we as people love to like rank things, right? Like untapped is completely around because of rankings. Like we love to give our, we feel, we feel important because we get to rank things. Right. Um, that doesn't necessarily make it a great question, right? Like you asking me that, my, what does my opinion have to do with, with what you like and what you don't like? Like maybe I, I don't like Hefeweizens. I really don't. I know a good one from a bad one, but I don't, I don't enjoy drinking them. Right. So why would you ask me my opinion on, on a Hefeweizen? I, I wouldn't give you a good opinion. 
like it would be it would be distorted and biased i think there's but there's also some truth to people just we talk about that overwhelm with everything that's existing. They're just looking for somebody to, to poke them towards something. <laughs> Everybody just wants you to know what they are going to enjoy and try to, yep. all right, what, what, what am I missing? You know, just give me, give me something that I'm not aware of and something that I don't know about and send me here. And, uh, like it's hard to find that. I <laughs> that actually think, the, I think the key is asking more questions. So like when you have that individual come in and, and they tell you, I usually drink X, uh, what am I going to like? And I'm like, well, okay, let's dig a little deeper on that. Do you, do you like, do you like a hop profile? Do you like IPAs? Uh, do you like wheat beers? Do you like, um, lemon flavors or, you know, there's, there's so many different questions that you could really dig down. And I think if you do enough digging through questions, you can find the perfect beer for that person. Right. Um, but we're, we're super, we're super lazy in our questions these days where we just want to move that person on. And it's one of my biggest pet peeves. That's um, uh, honestly, uh, you guys have a hipster handle, which uh, sometimes has, some, uh, <laughs> I think that's one of my gripes with things like that is that if somebody walks in and says, man, I just, I really like high life. My fear is that they're just going to drink high life or, you know, and, and the rise of seltzer is kind of the, the same thing. If I'm not going to pick on you guys where, you know, a, a brewery will make a seltzer because so many people are walking in that door. Be like, Man, I don't really like craft beer. What do you have? And instead of trying to ask those questions and guide them into something, it's like, we'll just, we'll do the easy way out and we'll just make a seltzer. And I mean, I, I never tried to take the easy way out. Like if you tell me you like something, I, I'll make you try some stuff. Like there's nothing wrong with giving yeah. you some sips of things. Right. And let's try and nail down if you can find something else. I think that's my fear with it though, is that we're trying to, uh, we're we're trying to get away from asking questions and spending time with somebody and you know across the bar and trying I think to it just depends move on who that through. individual is like and part of that is our job uh, as not only bartenders but also as employers is to make sure with that we're having those conversations with our employees about um, education. Um, so if somebody comes in looking for a high life. Well, yeah, we got this, but there's also this craft brewery that makes something with more flavor and it's a little bit better produced. Um, here, have a taste. Yeah. Like that's, yeah, that's maybe, maybe that's what makes us different. Yeah. Having those conversations, right? Like, um, that's not going to happen at BP. <laughs> I mean, it, no, no, no. And I mean, it, it didn't happen. It might happen to some BPs. I'm not, if you, anybody wants to, to <laughs> send me an angry email, I'm sure you're great. If you want to sponsor the show, you can sponsor the show. It, it did, actually didn't happen when, when we, like when this, when, when BCs was an idea, um, part of it was that it wasn't happening in the craft shop that we went to. Like the guy who, owned it didn't drink he, right. didn't, he didn't know anything about beer so we're like man imagine if we could just share some knowledge with people on the other side and, and help them figure out what they like and they don't like and, right. and let that let that root because i've always i've always i've always told people like you get a ton of pushback i'm like oh i don't like sours or i don't like ipas and i'm always like well just take a sip and then keep sipping it and one day you're gonna wake up and you're gonna be like oh i want an ipa yeah. or oh i want a sour um, so it's, it's just pushing people kind of down that, that hill a little bit. Well, I've talked to so many people that, you know, about their early start to their craft beer journey and how that, you know, kind of took root within them. And 
you know, there's always that place or that person or that, uh, that experience where it, it is that, uh, that, that discussion back and forth of somebody pushing you into this or pushing you into that or a place kind of, you know, forcing is probably the wrong way to put it, but forcing you to try something that you wouldn't have tried otherwise. And then, you know, some light bulb goes off and, and, and all of a mm -hmm. sudden, you can't go back and uh, you know i i'm so afraid that we're there's part of the craft beer world that's getting away from that now i um, hope not right like I, I hope we continue to because there's still a lot of young craft drinkers out there and I, I don't say young in terms of age but just young in how long they've been drinking craft beer and so you've got a lot of individuals that are new and they don't know what they like and they're still trying to figure it out. It's scary that things like like High Life or PBR, or, you know, Coors Banquet, or you know, not that any of these are bad beers, but that it's becoming cool again to to drink them almost. <laughs> that like that's 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 kind of that's kind of scary to me as a as a craft beer nut, like an absolute nut about locally produced craft beer. That that is now. I think that's dive bar dive bar culture, right? Like that's that's where that comes from. I don't, I don't know that. I don't know that that's a takeover either. I think there's a very small percentage of the culture that is driven by the hipster handle. Right. And, and you get people that bring friends and there are sometimes friends that are just angry and they're like, I don't want anything to do with craft beer. <laughs> what do you have? That's not craft beer. Right. And that, that's really why we started it because we didn't want to be, we didn't want to be a place where your whole party couldn't enjoy themselves. And so having that as an offering, um, it just kind of made sense. Not judging you guys. No, 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 I don't, I don't feel judged at all. Uh, I've been known to drink them every once in a while. I mean, I, I think everybody gets stuck in their ways or they can get stuck in their ways or they have something that they just, they won't budge. And for some people, that's what they drink. But if that guy drinking high life drinks too, and he's, he's feeling pretty good and I accidentally give him a Hellas lager <laughs> and he still likes it. I'm like, well, well now, now we're on to something. Whoops. My bad. I, I didn't mean to do that. Let <laughs> like, me get you something. Else. <laughs> that was uh, okay. somebody else's beer that I gave you. I'm yeah, sorry. My bad. My mistake. Oh, you drank it. You must have liked it. <laughs> Uh, let's let's talk about uh, the brand. So uh, BC's Bottle Lodge probably doesn't make a lot of sense for uh, <laughs> a brewery. That's a weird brewery <laughs> name. <laughs> Although I would kind of like that it would keep, keep it the same, just to just to be strange. But uh, how continuation is, purposes. Uh, how does how does that change? What is the uh, what is the the new brand going to be? Do you guys know? There's going to be a refresher for sure. Uh, how how much of a refresher is it just BC's? You're brewery? still going to know it's it's BC. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, that's part of it is I think we've built a really good brand in Cincinnati over the last seven years. Um, so to completely hit the reset button I would be kind of silly. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, so so simply the, the new the new uh, the new name is BC's Brewing Company. Um, so we can do a lot of play with like BC BC on that. Right. Uh, the logo itself is going to have an evolution. Um, but you'll still be able to tell oh, that's that's BC's. I mean, we, we, we have a story. Right? Sure. Like we have a story where we started and, and we want that to be part of our, our branding. Um, so we'll, we'll have, you know, we'll still have some retro stuff that's available uh, and, and do some things with that. But as, as far as like growth, like we have to grow the brand. We have to, we have to evolve and, and to just not do anything. I don't, I think does us a disservice, but to alienate 
who we were also does us a, a disservice. I agree with that. It's a, it's a very smart way to look at it. <laughs> we try to be smart sometimes. <laughs> the beer doesn't help sometimes either. <laughs> Uh, what are the, what are the fears going into, I mean, we talked about, you know, you, you being worried that, uh, you're going to be a little too, uh, too picky with, uh, with quality. Uh, that's probably, I'm, yeah. One of the major ones. What, um, what are some of the other fears that come along with making? Cause this is a big jump and I, I, I think jump. we're making it sound kind of relaxed and cavalier, but, um, this is, it would be kind of terrifying to me to switch this thing that you guys have spent so long trying to, to turn this into what it is. Yeah. And then to kind of flip the switch and be like, Oh, now we're going to be this. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're shifting the identity of what we've tried to create for seven years. I mean, it's not going to be unrecognizable. Um, but it's a, it's a, a big change. And I think, uh, as long as we've learned from where we've come, um, it's not going to be as scary as we think it's going to be. I think, uh, it's less scary going into this opportunity than seven years ago when we were talking about completely shifting, uh, our, home lives, work lives to doing this, uh, full time. Um, now that we've kind of been in the pool but for a bit. do you even remember that terror at this point? <laughs> not been, really. There's been so much that's happened no. since then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, um, uh, I think that's why this is less scary is because we've already experienced it. We already know what we're going through. Um, there's just, it's a, a bigger scale. Um, I think that's the, the scariest part is that it's a grander scale that we're moving to. Uh, we're moving out of a little pond into a bigger pond. I, that, uh, I don't, are you, I would think so just based on scale, but because I mean, I mean, it's, it's one thing if, if you're, or maybe that's part of the problem is, is our pond has gotten so large. Yeah. I, f- I feel like that we might actually be moving into a smaller pond. I don't, I don't really know. Like if I'm looking at that analogy, I'm like, well, who all sells beer around here? Everybody. Everybody. Yeah, but and, and and I think Goodwill sells beer now. <laughs> they're they're collectors. Yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd buy it. <laughs> uh, if uh, you know, uh, are you guys planning on on trying to distribute and trying to get into that side no, of the? Not so at all. then, how 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 big of a pond is it? You know, you're. I mean, so so kind of our. Our, our idea is, I mean, we love, we love what Branch and Bone does. Right. Like, I can't think of someone who epitomizes kind of who we want to mimic more than Branch and Bone um, in the sense that they, they make awesome beer. Uh, it's, it's kind of special when you see it around town um, and kind of really get back to that bottle shop feel again with beer where it's not everywhere. It's, you know, it's a, some key, key places, some key accounts. Um, I don't need, or we don't need our, our cans on every shelf in mm-hmm. the city. Um, I think being humble and small and making really good liquid, it, it reminds me of old beer days where you would, you would push people to your brewery. That's where you get it. You yeah. don't, you don't go to Ameristop or, or Shell or Kroger. You don't find it there. That's not like if you, right. if you want it, you got to go somewhere to get it. Right. Well, and I think that gets back to kind of that, uh, what you were mentioning about the European feel 
around craft beer. And the local brewery, the neighborhood brewery, is uh, is able to sustain itself because of the um, the neighborhood surrounding it. Um, now, obviously, we want to make really good beer, and I think sometimes a neighborhood can sustain a brewery that doesn't make great beer because there's not much around no options. <laughs> um, but we want to we want to tackle the neighborhood first and make sure that uh, there's a there's a relationship there where they feel supported, we feel supported, um, and create that environment within where we're at, uh, like we did here in Liberty. Um, but uh, we're we're trying to like we're trying to create that that same vibe going forward. Well, and so you guys, you guys mentioned you're, it's going to be Mason. Uh, I think that that probably might need a little bit of uh, uh, narrowing down and clarifying. It's not. Yeah, Mason is Mason is a pretty Mason is very pretty big area, very wide, and there are other breweries in Mason. It's not like you're opening up next door to Common Beer Company and saying screw you guys. No, um, no, and I we're mean taking like your customers. We, we've once again. I mean, we've got great relationships with all the all the Mason breweries. So your your Saunders, sixteen lots. Uh, common Greenworks, um, Warped and, Wing, sort of. Have they made beer there? I, I honestly have no idea. <laughs> I don't think they have. I've but eaten they there say many they're, times. They say they're yeah. going to. So well, uh, I'll count them. Pro tip: get the smoked bologna sandwich. They have a smoked bologna sandwich there. Dude, I didn't know this. I can't order anything else every time <sighs> I go there. They they smoke the whole logs of bologna, mm-hmm. and it's thick cut. And it is it is fantastic. I've I did that once. We were camping, and I was thinking about what the perfect camping meal would be, and in my head, a, a big fried bologna sandwich yeah. popped up. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to do fried bologna, I'm going to I'm going to smoke it first. Yeah, it was incredible. It was incredible. Uh, so we're actually going to be a little bit further north um, on 42, so north of downtown so, Mason. So kind of pulling Mason and Lebanon kind of together. Yeah, there. we're kind of kind of I would say halfway between Lebanon and Mason. Um, Which is kind of perfect going forward with Lebanon starting to get some kind of a brewing presence happening. Mason already having this thing going on. It also kind of is starting to really solidify that other than like downtown, uh, maybe even more so now, if you want the highest uh, concentration of breweries, you got to kind of go up in that area. Like there's a lot of fun things happening up there. Oh, there's a ton of, there's a ton of fun things. Um, I mean, you've got cartridge that just, just came in up there. Uh, I mean, we're going to be right around the corner from Kings Island, so you, you pull a ton of people in, sure. uh, tourist-wise, um, and just kind of building that beer tourism in in and around Mason. I think is really cool because I mean, I know when I personally travel, I'm looking at what breweries are around and where yeah. I'm going to go, and so to pull people into the area, it's not just about us. Um, it's about having a, a good collection of breweries that, that people can kind of bounce around to. It's going to quickly get to the point, if it's not already there, that when people are coming down from Columbus, I know there's lots of listeners of this show that live in Columbus, and um, they're big fans of the Cincinnati beer scene. Sometimes they make trips down. you got to stop partway through now and like hang out in Mason for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and then finish, get off your, 71. finish your trip down. And <laughs> um, another, another nice, uh, I guess I'll call it a feature, of where we're going to be located is Mason has a lot of splintered bike trails yeah. throughout. Uh, and so they're, they're developing a main bike trail uh, that's going to connect to the Loveland Lebanon bike trail. That's cool. Uh, that's going through our parking lot. Oh. And so, you know, having access to those individuals as well, um, I think is massive for us. Sure. Um, 
I mean, it's exciting. Like, I, anytime that this, uh, this community grows, I think I, I get very excited about it, but, um, when I see it growing in the right ways and in the right places and with the right people, like it, it just, it, it takes it that extra step for me. And I like I'm, I'm, I'm pumped about it. Um, we, we mentioned food a little bit, uh, fried bologna. Um, yeah. you guys going to do any kind of, uh, food options or are we talking, uh, uh food we, trucks or we are, we are not, uh, originally our plan was, uh, involving a kitchen. Um, and within the last five months, we have found out that right next door to us, uh, Walt's Hitching Post is doing a concept. Ooh. And so I'm like, I'm not going to do food better than them. Nope. 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 So <laughs> why even mess with it? Plus, I don't, I don't know how to run a restaurant or a kitchen. I don't, I don't, I'm not good at that or I don't know that I'm good at that. So we've been in, in discussions with ownership there. Um, we're simply going to tap into their POS and have a runner. Oh, that's so good. you can order food from our tap room. Uh, they'll go get it for you, bring it back to your table, and and we'll be all set. I'll let them worry about the food because that's where they're going to make money, and we're talking about a house beer for them. And um, so there's, I mean, like it's it's. I think relationship rules a ton of things if if you just are willing to make good relationships out there. It does. I mean, there there's been some places that have kind of gotten shot in the foot over and over where they'll open somewhere thinking they have that neighbor that's going to be able to you know provide the food, and then they go out and then somebody else comes in, and then that food's terrible, and then they go out, and then all of a sudden it be, you become the place where you can't get food. And I think that's that's hard sometimes, and that that's, absolutely that's it stressing be, right? some places out, but. I, I do also think there's a problem with sometimes when you have a kitchen in your brewery, uh, even if it's someone else who runs that kitchen, those reviews don't come back on that restaurant. <laughs> right. Those reviews come back on that brewery. Right, right. And so that, that kind of hurts sometimes. I've, I've even seen it with food trucks where people, oh, I stopped in there. And, you know, you're looking on, mm-hmm. on Yelp or Google or whatever. I stopped in there and the food was terrible. The, the truck sucked. It was, yeah. oh, oh, okay. Well, that, but that has nothing to do with uh, me. Why, why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's scary that uh, a big part of your business you you're, you are relying on your neighbor. <laughs> I I don't know that it is. Um, it's not that scary for me or us. Mostly because we we never done food. Right. None none of the BCs have ever had food. Uh, you know we've got Grand Peking next to Liberty, and there's a ton of people that go over there for food. Uh, Montgomery. I mean, people bring in food all the time. So it's not, it's not uh, something we're unfamiliar with. How is stop at McDonald's after Montgomery? Well, that's like the worst choice. There's there's better choices. (laughs) There's better choices around there. Just can't stop nuggets. I mean, like Fond is right across the street. It's usually usually Holdman's Meat Deli. Dude, that deli is fantastic. Um, And and we like the ability to still do... uh, food options, whether it be, you know, our, our pig smoke at Montgomery or beer dinners. Um, so we still want to be able to do that kind of stuff, but to have a, a, an offering of food consistently, right? I would much rather have someone who does that do it than, than us trying to figure that out. Right. Well, I mean, it goes back to that idea of, you know, you for so long have picked apart what other places were doing in, 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 in a good way, not in a mean way, but you know, you, you, you walk in somewhere to try the beer for the first time and you, you're, you're picking apart what they've done right and what they've done wrong, um, from all of those different aspects of, of the business that I think that you guys have been thinking about this for a long time, whether or not you were actually thinking about it. You yeah. Know, you, I mean, you, I don't even know that it was intentional, right? Like we just, I mean, you, you always kind of survey the landscape. And especially when you're in places, you're always 
if you are a business owner, you always kind of think in your back of the head, how could I make this better? What would I do differently? Right. Um, and, and whether it's, I don't think any of it's malicious. It's just in your brain. It's just thoughts rolling around. Um, and so, so constantly thinking about those when we go to every brewery that we've ever been to, like there's a lot of information to soak in there. There's a lot of, a lot of knowledge to, sure. to take account of. Well, no, that's not like you're going there for the beer first. The other factors uh, that could mess that experience up or the outside factors could be a restaurant. I mean, the beer could be good, but um, you may be, you may be pigeonholed when you're going to that brewery and getting not great food. Right. Um, and you have no other option. It's either you go there, get a couple of beers, and then leave and go find something to eat. Um, or where we're at, we can create an option um, to where maybe we've got a food truck that day. And it may not be everybody's cup of tea, but at the very least, it's an option that's not right. stagnant. Um, so I think... I think leaving it open uh, will benefit us more than pigeonholing uh, a menu. Well, yeah, I mean, you see some places that get really, really creative with their food option, and that you know, then you, as a as a drinker that's also kind of hungry, sometimes you're like, oh, I'm not going there. Like I, you know, I, I right. don't, I don't like that type of food. Right. I, don't, I don't want you know right. pizza or tacos or whatever the the thing is. And that'll and so, happen too. I mean, that's a that's a. Like you, you get a food truck that isn't everybody's thing for that day. Whatever. But that's the thing. You know that it's not a. You know that's not an always. Thing. It's a one time deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I'm I'm a huge food truck fan or a uh, uh, a rotating food option fan, I should say. Which. Um, yeah, and we'll, I don't I don't know that everybody is, but <laughs> we'll tie into that um, opportunity. There's I think there's two uh, big food truck. Uh, Alliances. Oh yeah, there's um, that we can tie into, <laughs> and uh, I mean we're good buddies with uh, Brian McGinnis at Greenworks, um, and he's got great relationships with the food trucks uh, that come there every week. Um, and uh, although they just we can announced piggyback. that they're adding Mama Bear's mac and cheese, I, I did see that. Yeah, on, on, on the same day, that. just Fritz left yeah oh. i, I kind of want to know what curious to hear that story <laughs> actually the i was in there i was uh, this is where i probably should pull this out actually uh, i was into listerman a couple days before that uh, and ate and talked to rachel for a long time and there was everybody seemed very happy and i don't know <laughs> uh we went there specifically for the fry flight Oh yeah, I love the fry flight. Oh yeah, that's a great <laughs> idea. I love the fry flight. I still think that uh, uh, wherever she ends up long term, uh, she needs to change the menu so that the hamburgers and the chicken and all that stuff are sides. That you have fries as the main mm. dish, and it just says sides, and it's hamburgers. That's a great <laughs> idea, actually. You know what? You should you should definitely sell that. Sell I've, that I've told her that several times. Uh-huh. She just no, goes, that's, oh, great. that's a great idea, and then she ignores it. Yeah. yeah. So you, um, you were kind of talking really about nice uh, she's about amazing. logos earlier. Okay, yeah, I mean that's uh, it. Still feels extremely familiar and comfortable, and it's not too far right. off. Yeah. I like it. Like you can associate it very yeah. easily. If only this was a visual podcast. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> Y'all have to wait. <laughs> it looks cool. Well, now you guys it's got it now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned. Uh, what do you guys want people to know that you think that they don't know right now? That you don't know right now. Um, what did we miss? I don't know. 
I mean, we're just, we're stoked for this. Uh, It'll be a nice change. We're really excited to, to kind of evolve. Um, You know, when we first started this, it was, it was all about, I don't know, like just drinking as much beer as possible Uh, and, and really trying it out. Yeah. Like for the masses so that we could have input, um, whether, whether it be good or bad input, like we just loved beer. And I, I think this is a, this is a great opportunity for us to continue. I mean, the reality is I, I think if we stayed in the space we were in, we would die by 10,000 paper cuts over the next six or seven years. I just think we, we, the retail market is completely shifted in the last three years. It's completely shifted. And the, the pandemic really showed us that. Yeah. It almost it yeah. almost expediated the the inevitable. That's it's a scary thought because like, like I said last week we were sitting down at higher gravity talking to them and like I I don't know if is is there room for a bottle shop that does things different and well can they still find a way to kind of fight through that and become the the place that people rely on. I think they versus, can, but I think it's going to be super challenging. It like depends on where they're at, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think location is everything. Um, it, it's also what are you offering that's on the side? That's the, that's the next step. Is right. It the, yeah. Because, it, I, you know, if you, if, you, if you have liquor, maybe that's an opportunity there. McCocktails is always an opportunity. Uh, maybe more wine is an opportunity. I mean, like there, I, I think there are ways you can do it. Um, in, in our minds, that seemed like a bigger hurdle than making this transition. Well, it also, it pulls you away from that side of the business that, that got you into it, which is beer, beer yeah. and, and sitting around and talking about beer and, and teaching about beer. Teaching is not good. Talking about beer is the way I like to put yeah, it. I got, I got my PhD <laughs> in beer. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm excited for this. Uh, do we want to put out an estimated time frame for everything, or is that? Uh, I mean, way it, too it's, big of an ish it's a pretty long time frame. I mean, there's so many things that it's dependent on. With uh, have you guys started construction? Yes. Yeah, so demo should be done by the end of this week or next, uh, and then we'll actually start building. So I mean, our goal is to have this this thing open somewhere between November and February ish ish. Ish. That's exciting. Right? Sometime That's exciting. between now and later. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully when it's warm next year, you will have oh, that'd a, be great. A, a great new beer garden to come yeah, sit. And that have, would be great. But yeah, that, that's what we've always... And, and I mean, I mean, like the reality is the other nice thing is that we're not renting our space anymore. We, we actually own the building. And so that's a huge um, weight, weight yeah. that, that we right. don't have to carry uh, that we've, we've been carrying for the last seven years. Right. Um, man, landlords are... Interesting. Russian. <laughs> I want to be a landlord one day. Huh? That's what I want to do. <laughs> when I grow up. I think that ship has sailed. You can't yeah. buy shit anymore. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm excited for you guys. I um, I think that, I, I mean, it's clear that you have a place in this, this beer culture already. And um, in, in, in that sense, you're not shifting that far from what you're doing. Just... 
it's a sidestep. The, the, the logistics of well, how you're how you're getting that to people, I think, is, is going to be different. I maybe. think some, I mean, like, as, as we were talking before this started, like, some of our, our favorite beer events, like Punch Out, um, and, and you were talking about some other events, like, this is going to give us the opportunity to do some of those things. We're going to be able to take Brews and the Burbs sure. and bring it to our own location um, and, and do some of the, the festival stuff that that we, we love. like to do, we love to do that kind of yeah. thing. Um, and so having the opportunity to kind of expand that right. is going to be awesome. That's fun. It's, it's going to be fun guys. I I'll, I'll be there. I'll be in the beer garden. You'll see. Mm-hmm. Me. Uh, I can't wait. Um, I can't wait either. It's going to be great. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know about BC's, um, two locations, Montgomery, Liberty, uh, come in, have a beer. You, you can still take beer at home with you. And actually probably you should, you should probably come in here and buy as much beer as you can to help them get rid of it. Um, I don't want to drink it all, Yeah, <laughs> but come in here, have a beer. Uh, it's, you know, if you listen to the show, you know, about BCs. If you listen to truth for your consequences, you know about BCs. Uh, so you should make it a Tuesday and we can all hang out and have a beer. Just tell me when you're going to be there so I can make sure that I show up too. <laughs> and, Live uh, show next week. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I'm sure. Truth beer, I'm sure they'll have a couple things to say about this. <laughs> sure. <episode>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you guys very much. You're always welcome on the show. No, thank even, you. Even thank more you. so if you're going to start making your own beer. It yeah. makes things easier. <laughs> we'll yeah. do it all. We will drink again. <laughs> you can sponsor as a listener. You can go to thegnarlynome.com slash support and do it that way. And my wife likes that because... Smash that subscribe, subscribe button. Smash it. Smash it. <laughs> smash it with your elbow or something. Don't forget the like button. They t- typically only do that on, on YouTube. There's no smashing on podcasts. I mean, there should be smashing There should be. I mean, eventually smashing. we will be smashed. <laughs> We're getting there. Let's get there.